Hi, welcome to Common Sense with Henry and Kate. I'm Kate. And I'm Henry. And today we will be talking about uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's recount of the Capitol attack. Mm -hmm. Um, sorry about last week. So we recorded an episode, but there was a bit of technical malfunction and we couldn't really yeah. figure it out. So here we are this week. We're back. Yeah. Um, also, shout out to our AP Hug teacher, my AP Hug teacher, Henry's former AP Hug teacher, because mm -hmm. we don't actually think he listens to them. Yeah, so um, you know who you are. Yeah, um, and so let's just jump right into it. Um, so as many, if not all of you, probably have heard, um, Representative Ocasio-Cortez came out with a video on her Instagram Live, I believe, mm -hmm. on... Mm, February 4th, February 3rd? I'm not really sure. It was, yeah, it was around then. Um, recounting um, what happened to her uh, at the January 6th yeah. um, pro-Trump riot at the Capitol. I was on the live, um, and I think I cried like three times. Like on a, a, <laughs> I think I, I cried on three separate occasions during that. I did, I did get teary-eyed when she started talking 80 about 80-minute live. Um, wow. So... Um, so she, so going to her recount, um, on Instagram live on Monday, she described her experience, um, that traumatic as she disclosed she was a sexual assault survivor. Mm -hmm. Uh, she likened the rhetoric of those who want people to move on from the January 6th riot without, without accountability as tactics of abusers, which I think is a very powerful parallel that yeah. she made, uh, for someone who, you know, has gone through that and have has heard that just move on many times i'm sure that she can provide powerful insight to what it feels like to be told to just move on mm -hmm. uh so near the time the mob was clashing with security outside the u.s capitol she said someone began banging on the doors of her office uh she feared that rioters had entered the building where her office was um and she hid within a bathroom in her inner office and then here's the part that the first part that made me cry is she was talking about how she, um, about her like spiritualism and all that stuff and about like how she felt in it. And then, so that made me cry. And then when the person who came into her office was screaming, where is she? Where is she? Yeah. Which was a capital, a capital policeman. policeman who didn't identify himself. And also didn't give her accurate directions as to where to go uh, for a safe space. Yeah. Uh, or like a place, like an exit uh, Like location. a safe room. Yeah. Uh, an exit. Uh, um, so that was the first part. Um, yeah, I... We talked about the January 6th um, attack on the Capitol in a previous episode, so if you haven't listened to that, go listen to that <laughs> one. Um, and... I don't know. There's like not really much to say about this, but so much happened. Yeah. In this live, um, after so after um, they were told to leave the building, but not given a specific destination by the um, Capitol Police officer, um, they were literally just running around the building looking for a safe place to hide until they right. finally landed in. And this was her and her um, legislative. Her head of her legislative aide. Mm -hmm. um, they finally ended up barricading themselves in Representative Porter's office, 
um, who I believe is another member of the Progressive Caucus. Oh, yeah. Um, Katie Porter. She's... I, I, I have a place in my heart for Representative <laughs> Porter. Um, and Representative Ocasio-Cortez was talking about how what they were talking about during when they were in the building for five hours and how she was so... So, yeah, it's also important to note that she wasn't in the main building. Uh, she wasn't... Correct. Uh, she was... Oh... Uh, she was in, like, a subsection of the U.S. Capitol. Mm-hmm. The Cannon House office building. Yes. Um, and I saw that there was a media post that um, the media, like, used this against her, saying that she doesn't have, shouldn't have anything to say about this because the people didn't storm the Cannon her House hallway. office building. They stormed the Capitol building. Um, but they still tried to kill representatives they have been well i mean if you look at it there were people with handcuffs confiscated with zip ties confiscated Mm -hmm. like it was they they were going into it was these same people that were there were individuals walking that the the house and senate floors that have um posted about wanting to kill our elected officials in congress yeah um so it's not a fair thing for media to do to say that just because she wasn't in the capital that she doesn't have a right to express her feelings as to what happened in the capital which is her place right. of work and the cannon office built cannon house office building is connected to the capitol building by tunnels mm-hmm. uh so there was a very real possibility and i have only been in the capitol tunnels once um and it's a very public tunnel. It's from the Library of Congress to the mm. Capitol. It's a very public tunnel. It's also it's, right across the street from the Capitol. So it could... It's very easy to it's access. It's very easy to get from the Capitol to the Cannon House office right. building. So... Right. So she, uh, so she was in Representative Porter's office where staff pushed furniture up against the doors. Um, in case they needed to run outside, she and Porter rummaged through staffers things to find workout clothes to wear to better blend into the crowd Mm -hmm. uh she remained in representative porter's office for several hours until the capitol was secured um so you know i i can't even imagine being in a situation where you know that you're a target right um and there's nothing nothing you can do about it because they couldn't leave the building because there were thousands of um angry people who wanted to potentially harm her outside so right um so freshman (sighs) representative marjorie taylor green a republican of georgia who if you don't know about her now where have you been been? (laughs) uh she is i don't even have words to describe where in georgia does she represent uh a very conservative district i believe um um, who this week was stripped of her House 14. Committee assignments for her support of dangerous conspiracies and racist remarks, accused Ocasio-Cortez of having faked her outrage with another hoax. Um, social media posts with the hashtag, uh, hashtag AOC lied, and some Republican lawmakers said that she was exaggerating and using the story to publicize the Capitol attack. Uh, or politi- politicize. Politicize, yes. Which shouldn't this shouldn't it be a political issue if it was one extremist party attacking 
well, it was a right-winged group. I would, you know, I would it say... It was right-winged extremists. Yeah. Right-winged Attacking extremists. the capital. So I agree it shouldn't be a partisan issue, but it should be a political issue because it was right. an attack on our democracy. Yeah. Uh, so whenever I talk about politicians or anyone that I don't know, you know, I, I want to make them seem... I want, I want to give them the, the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. I want to say, well, maybe they didn't, you know, I don't know these people personally. I don't know. Right. You know, I don't know what was going through their minds, um, especially with politicians that I admire. Uh, you know, my family and I have very different political beliefs, and nine times out of ten, I'm defending politicians based on the things they've attached their names to. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a time when I've never fought harder in my household for um, AOC, because you know my stepfather. <laughs> He's not the biggest fan of really anyone we've come to determine. <laughs> you know, he will never be satisfied. And on some levels, that's a really good mentality because you always have to hold your elected officials accountable. Mm-hmm. But watching Representative Cortez come to tears when talking about her sexual assault. And, and comparing how, that and comparing to, that to what is happening currently in our democracy. In the House of Representatives and yeah. what other members of Congress are saying not specifically to her, but to just saying in general, saying to the country as a right. whole. It was it was very saddening, and I have extreme empathy for her. And mm-hmm. I hope that she, you know, I, I assume that she's a very strong woman. Uh, I think you have to be on some levels to be a member of the U.S. House right. of Representatives. Especially as a... Member of the Progressive Caucus. Um, a woman of color in the Progressive Caucus. Right. In our current political state. Right. Um, so, Representative Nancy Mace, um, Republican of South Carolina, who was sworn into Congress last month, said on Twitter that her office is near Ocasio-Cortez and the rioters were not in the halls of their offices. It's important to note, again, Representative Cortez, Ocasio-Cortez never said she was in the main building. Right. She made it abundantly clear that she was in the Cannon office, Cannon House office building. Um, and also, um, this is definitely not to call out Representative Mace, because I have a great deal of respect for all of our elected Elected officials. officials. However, um, this is particularly for for AOC because she has been the target of so many conspiracies and harmful rhetoric that even if somebody is in the building across the street from you that wants to harm you, you're still going to be afraid for your life. Even if they're a block away from you, if they're across the city, like... Just knowing that they exist should be reason enough to be be worried and want to take preventive action against that. Right. Uh, some of Ocasio-Cortez is... And by preventive action, I don't mean like... I mean like protecting yourself, oh, not like yeah, anything definitely. else. <laughs> right. Um, critics say that she was not in danger in the building where the office was located. But Ocasio-Cortez po- um, posted, pointed out on Twitter that the attack was not only centralized in the Capitol Dome... There were reason for alarm throughout the Capitol complex. Right. I think that a lot, uh, what we're seeing um, as, you know, as citizens of just after, um, you know, we see a lot from the rotunda and the House and Senate floor. Um, but I'm assuming, and I'm almost positive, that it was a lot of other places too. Right. Because we, we, you know, they're not. We saw the, yeah. the live footage. And the sheer amount of people that were there, 
I'm sure they found other places to go and other places to get in. And yeah. it was, while it was centralized at the Capitol, building it in the rotunda, I'm sure that there was a very high danger in other places as well. Right. Um, so, as we've said before, the man who was saying, where is she, where is she, was a Capitol Police officer. Mm. Um, you know, there, there's been a lot of, I wouldn't say recall, but um, blame placed on Capitol Police mm. after the attack on January 6th. Um, you know, whether whether it was just because they didn't necessarily know how to stop the riot, they were just purely outnumbered, or another outside factor, the policeman should have identified himself. Right. Um, I'm not... I'm not passing myself as a legal uh, anyone who knows anything about the law because or the Capitol Police in general or the Capitol Police in general because if you're if you're running into a representative's office saying where common is she, sense where for is me she? would say Capitol Police exactly I'm here to help to you. help Capitol Police <laughs> and yeah that was just astounding to me right um, so another thing I would add about this is that you know representative green of georgia uh you know she has been stripped of her house committee assignments in support of dangerous conspiracy and mm. racist theories um and i believe she was, was on the committee of education yes she was well others. yes she was um that it's interesting that green is was on a committee for education exactly but that's not you know that's and not what we're here to talk about when um, when mitch mcconnell the most arguably the most powerful republican currently in the country comes out well and, or kevin mccarthy i would say or kevin mccarthy um comes out and because he denounced her actions did um, mccarthy McConnell did so because okay, McCarthy, I don't see him doing that. When the mo one of the arguably most powerful Republican in the country comes out and reprimands your actions, you know he did something wrong. Well, it was like I said in the on the first episode, like if Voldemort says, "Yo, you probably shouldn't be doing that," you you're doing something crazy right, bad. Right. You know that is like I don't even know. But so, Sten um, minority leader, majority leader, excuse me, Steny Hoyer. Um, <laughs> I really like Steny Hoyer because I think that he's just kind of a... And for those who might not be aware, the way that the House of Representatives works is um, there's a speaker and a majority leader for... Yes. Um, so Nancy Pelosi is the speaker. And, and Steny Hoyer is the majority leader. Is the Democratic majority leader. Um, I really like whenever he testifies mm -hmm. because it's just kind of entertaining to watch. Yeah. I think that usually he has some really great things to say. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, like everyone. He's from, what, Maryland's third district? I Somewhere in that, Maryland. That sounds right. Maybe fourth? I don't know. Um, Let's see. So, so anyway, he held up. Oh, I'm, fifth district. Fifth district. Okay. <laughs> Maryland fifth. Uh, he held up a, he was testifying at a committee hearing, I believe. Uh, he held up a, a stimulus that was ta um, Marjorie Taylor Greene holding a machine gun next to AOC, Ilhan Omar, and one other... Cory Bush, Rashida Tlaib. I don't remember. Okay. You could... I could look it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he walked around with it. 
<laughs> and he was like, guys, <laughs> look at this. <laughs> um, it was, he, he worded it much better than that. Right. So not only does Representative Ocasio-Cortez arguably have the support of her progressive caucus, she also has the support of people who just flat out, you know, dislike Representative Green mm-hmm. and, you know, what she stands for. Um, <sighs> so um, taking a little bit of a pivot just to talk about some recent legislation that has been passed. Um, I believe it was Friday morning. That, the Voterama. Um, that I ran up to Kate. Yes. Was right it? Right before school. Was it before? Okay. I said, guess what the Senate passed? Guess what the Senate passed? And Kate's like, what? Um, it was the Biden's $1.9 trillion COVID relief plan mm. um, that Kamala Harris had to vote on um, because it was split 50-50, as probably many votes in the future will be. Along party lines. Uh, yeah. Along party lines. Um, with our two most moderate uh, right-leading Democrats, um, Senator Sinema of Arizona and Senator, uh, oh, Senator Manchin of West Virginia, um, voting um, along party lines and Kamala Harris had to break that tie. Um, Democrats mostly got everything they wanted except for the the minimum wage increase. yeah. Because I believe it was either Sinema or Manchin who voted no because they didn't want to raise the minimum wage during a pandemic. Um, and Joni Ernst, uh, senator from Iowa, was the main Republican leading that argument in the Senate floor. And that vote lasted for around, or that debate lasted for around 15 hours. 15 hours. hours. And they yes. finished at 5 in the morning. Oh, I should say something. I was watching C-SPAN, mm-hmm. you know, as one does. Right. Uh, <laughs> Watching C-SPAN is much more enjoyable now that Senator Ossoff. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I really enjoy Senator Ossoff. I will say. Uh, um, <laughs> I mean, but who doesn't? I yeah. mean, I'm sure a lot, I'm sure of, a lot people of people don't. do. Um, and then the House also passed it um, with the very slim margins that are in the House, and now lawmakers can start to draft that specific plan now that it has been passed yeah. and democrats still need to decide whether they'll be moving along without republican and without any republican support because it has been shown with, that they have the votes to do so um yeah i just so don't know we'll if see. they would want to um, i mean they're gonna they want to but you know everything is stronger if it's bipartisan exactly every single thing is stronger if it's bipartisan even if it's even if its origins are um, a partisan bill like Biden's COVID relief plan, which shouldn't right. be partisan, however, it currently is. There was no way to not make it, though. Right. Like, there was no... With the polarization of our right. current... Or our and recent presidential... And I don't think... I, I genuinely don't think that most Republicans are bad people. Exactly. I think that they just have a difference of opinion. I like smart people who disagree with me. Because it just makes life more it fun. Makes, <laughs> it makes life, and it makes me smarter. And it's not like I'm going... 15 rounds with um, Senator McConnell, but it's also, you know, it's encouraging to see our democratic process play out. Right. Especially Af- after especially... the infringement that, you know, was attempted mm-hmm. almost a month ago. Or now more no, than a month more ago. More than a month ago. Um, and especially with now the slim margins in both the House and the Senate. Um, it's a really good sign because now both parties will have to work together if they want to get anything done in either of the 
in, I guess, in Congress. They'll have to work together, which is a promising sign coming out of our polarizing political past. Oh, 100%. Um, I'm in a, I'm in AP US history right now, um, and we are learning about the, or at least for me, I'm a little behind on the notes, <laughs> um, but I'm learning about the Articles of Confederation hmm. and how the founders wanted a weak central government and more power to the states, but that ended up not really working because the federal government didn't have the didn't have the ability to collect taxes and so they Mm -hmm. had to ask the states um you know and hope they would donate money for national needs and the states wouldn't do that not to the extent that congress really needed Mm -hmm. them to um what's really interesting is that the constitution was written behind closed doors Mm -hmm. uh there's a really there's a wonderful poem i don't know who it's by but it's about uh it's about how the constitution was written by traitors because at the specific convention, the Constitutional Convention, they were not supposed to be writing it. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to be debating, and they wrote it, and that meant a lot of input that could have been in it wasn't, because, you know, certain people weren't there. But, you know, I think this goes back to the fact that our democracy is always growing. Right. Uh, it's Which been- Amanda, Amanda Gorman mentioned in her speech that... Her inaugural... Her inaugural poem. Poem, yes. Um about how we strive for more perfect democracy every single day. Right. Uh, going back to AOC's recount of the Capitol attack, um, I think that she, one of the things that she said was that, um, I think that it was like, it's okay if I go now. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay. That was what really just made me... Like, if this was all I've done, it's okay. Yeah. Like, I don't think that she should have... No, no. That. First of all, like no person been, right, should, feel, should that. feel that way. Second of all, no representative in the United States Congress should feel that way. Right. Um, let alone like your average person. Um, but at least like because someone else, at least because they feel fear for their lives. But right. I mean, to an extent, I think that she. You know, I, I think that she probably feared a bit more than the Republican, um, her Republican colleagues. Mm-hmm. There was another testimony on the um, House floor, I want to say, and I don't know who it was. I, I genuinely don't. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and he said to his colleagues or somebody said during the Capitol attack, mm-hmm. like, let's go over the Republican side because we'll be able to blend in. Right. Then he looked around at his colleagues of color and realized that it's not an option for them. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to, he said, like, to my brothers and sisters, I apologize that this is the world that we live in. To my brothers and sisters in the United States, this is, I don't even, I don't even know how he worded it. It was very, it was, it was nice because, you know, this is coming from a white male. Right. You know, who's recognizing. It was probably in the later half of his life. Yeah. <laughs> He was, I would say he's in his 40s, 50s. He's not, he was not an older mm-hmm. gentleman. But, um, you know, I, I do wonder how many people thought, like, because of my race or ethnicity, I will not be able to, you know, they'll be able to pick me out really quickly. Right. Um, and I think that's also one of the reasons why Representative Ocasio-Cortez felt the way she did. Yeah. Um, I am just making assumptions, but... 
you know, she she's a woman of color and she's a member of the Progressive Caucus and she's been a very vocal opponent to a lot of the Republican mm-hmm. legislation and ideals. Um, and, you know, everything anyone says always comes with a price tag. Right. I could never imagine that this was the price tag. Mm-hmm. That fearing for your life because putting your name on legislation or speaking out against legislation or speaking out against your colleagues could get you in a position where you thought you were going to die. Exactly. Um, especially because the attack was... Um, the insurrection was arguably caused by former President Donald Trump. Um, Which the Senate will be hearing... Very soon. Very soon. <laughs> I believe this next coming week or so. I think so. I think so. Um, I think that they just... I mean... I mean, the, if the president sends an angry mob after you... Like... <laughs> you, you must know you're doing something kind of kind of what i don't know i don't know if it'd be good for you or Or bad bad for you you, but you know you're doing something then if the president incites a mob against you yeah i don't even know like i i read the speech that he gave for one thing he spoke for like 40 50 minutes like sometimes i think that he just goes up talks for five minutes and then goes like Mm -hmm. no this man rambles up there for a long time yeah Okay, moving on <laughs> to our question of the day. Um, today's question, uh, we have been talking about for quite some time now. But yes, it's a big ready. part of debate in our friendship, yeah. I will say. Is, would you rather be a member of Congress during the ratification? So would you rather be a member of the second constitution, um, the continental <laughs> Would you rather be a member of the second continental Congress who ratified the constitution? Mm-hmm. Or would you be a signer of the Declaration of Or would you be a co-author of this, uh, the Declaration of Independence? Co-author, okay. So, I will go first. I would be a co-author of the Declaration of Independence, solely because I believe that in another life, maybe in this one, I'm supposed to be a writer. Mm-hmm. And I mean, as much as I don't like Thomas Jefferson, bouncing ideas off of Thomas Jefferson... I mean, there's, I mean... Not to say that we don't have a great deal of respect for Thomas Jefferson oh, yeah. and what he, he was did like a for horrible our country, place, but he owner. was just a, a racist slave owner, so that's, oh, yeah. for those reasons, he, eh, eh. I mean, I, yeah, I hate what he did to those people. I think it's vile. Right. But there, I mean, there is no but. I, sh- I don't even know how to phrase this. <laughs> I would have very much liked to brainstorm with him. Right. Um, also... The Declaration of Independence is one of the most beautiful pieces of writing in world history, and to, I I couldn't even imagine what it would be like to be in the room that was it was being written. Okay. See, for I feel the exact same way, but about the Constitution because I am in love with legislation and I'm in love with um, like the writing, forming, crafting of laws and the right. judicial system, and so and the just government, and so for me the way that the Constitution sets up and well it it does have its flaws for sure and it definitely did have its flaws at the times it was written um just the way it sets up our democracy to bloom and to continue to grow and to hopefully um in the near future but one day work for all people of this country um right i just think oh yeah i mean (laughs) yeah so i guess let us know or just think about it with yourselves talk to your friends about it 
um, because I, as I was talking to my friends about it, there were a lot of unexpected opinions, I would say. Yeah. So, with that, thank you so much for watching. Um, we er, listening. Listening. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> I mean, if you're watching your phone, I don't even know. Hopefully you're not watching us talk phone. about this, <laughs> otherwise you're inside of my house. Um, um, yeah, so thank you so much for listening. And next week's topic will probably be about the impeachment trials but we'll see I would definitely say we'll, this. <laughs> we'll see where life takes us all right thank you bye